Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Bliss Bakery, where you'll get your wholesome slice of life. I'm Rachel. And I'm Lucas. Today's guest is very special to me because he's my best friend and my boyfriend, Lucas. He usually doesn't like being in my content because he's an awkward guy. So thank you so much for coming onto my podcast project. No worries. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Lucas and I have been dating now for how long? Seven years. Yeah. We met in first year of uni and we fell in love. And we have been together on a tumultuous path ever since. Is there anything you want to tell them about yourself to start with? Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> As you would know, I am Rachel's boyfriend. And you've probably seen me in a few videos or TikToks. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What else are you meant to say? One thing I've been trying this season with all my guests before we get into the episode is to ask you to share something of the listeners that happened to you last week. Last week, I was uh, in Guam for work. Can you share anything about that? Uh, probably not. Okay. <laughs> and the other thing is, what is your MBTI? I think my MBTI is uh, INTJ. No, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, ENTJ, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're INTP. Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get into the topic then. The topic I want to talk about today is maintaining balance in relationships because we've been dating for a while and I still think we're figuring it out. When people get in relationships, there's often two ways it goes. They become really consumed by each other and disappear from everyone else's lives. Or they move really slow and see each other maybe like once a week. Something I want to caveat to everyone else is our relationship is certainly not the most perfect one. Everyone has a different relationship and I just want to talk about some of the things we've learned through ours and we are continuing to learn, hopefully. So let's start with a quick overview of our relationship until now, almost seven years later. Do you want to talk about how did we first meet? Um, we first met uni at one of the first year camps called BASOC camp, business society camp. And then we just met one night after drinking and I returned back to my cabin, I think just to pee or something. And then I saw Rachel playing cards with a mate of ours. Were you interested in me from the first day? Uh, I thought she was quite pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Had a really... I guess, I don't know, weird personality. The other interesting thing is that we both probably weren't going to go to that camp, but we both decided to last minute. Hmm. I decided the night before that I was going to wake up early to line up for tickets with my friends, but I wasn't going to go initially because I thought it was a waste of money and I had enough friends already, so... <laughs> well, I was the opposite and I wasn't going to go because I didn't know anyone and I thought it was going to be really awkward. But then also last minute, I was like, I should go because I need to make some friends during uni. We started dating um, in the middle of first year of uni. And it was a really interesting experience because it was my first relationship and Lucas's second? Um, no. <laughs> first. Let's just say it was the first. 
Okay, um, so it was both of our first relationships. So there was a lot of learning to be done in terms of both learning about each other, but then also learning how to be in a relationship. And so especially those first few years, it definitely wasn't a smooth ride. It, even though it wasn't, as you said, it wasn't a s- smooth ride, I think it was still a very enjoyable time because we were just sort of coming out of high school and being in our first relationships, it was a lot of fun. And in the early days, because this was my first relationship, I didn't tell my parents that I had a boyfriend. Mm. And so we couldn't go out on the weekend. Uh, We would be at uni together and then stay later after classes and stuff and then go home late. And I'd tell my parents, oh, I was studying or something like that. Until finally, I think it was because we went to a party and Lucas was driving my car home and then... Went through a red line. No, 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 no. no. no it was just speeding the a little speeding bit. Speeding camera, yeah. Got caught by the camera in my car, so I knew that I was going to get the letter soon, and I had to tell my parents. So I ended up telling my mum that I had a boyfriend, and <sighs> he was driving my car and got caught by the speeding camera. Not a good first impression. Do you also remember our first date? Yes, I think we just went to the aquarium. Was that no, second date? That was our- ah, okay. Yeah, well, the first date was going to Bondi. My plan was in Bondi, there's like a ice skating thing in the winter. But why didn't we go? I think we just decided not to. Mm. I think we had sushi or something. Uh, I think we just sat on the swings for a little bit for the rest of the night and that was it. Well, you missed the part before Bondi. Oh, okay. <laughs> because oh, we, we went, went to the to movies? Pool and it was our first ever date together. And as we were going down the escalator into the pool place, we saw a guy we knew that was coming up and <laughs> we were like, hi. And then he came back down <laughs> and joined us. Yeah, that was a bit weird. Did he play with us as well? Yeah. <laughs> started playing with us. One of the other things I remember quite early on in our like few years of learning to be in a relationship was that I actually end up being a very clingy person. And I would say that I was a bit crazy, especially in the beginning of our relationship because of that. I wanted to see Lucas a lot, all the time, actually. And Lucas was more like wanting just to see me once or twice a week. So there was always this, I remember, like a mismatch between my neediness versus his. Yeah, I think especially as a uni student, you just want to go to class and stay home and and game or something or like hang out with friends. But uh, when you have a girlfriend, that, that sort of goes away, I think. Like, you can't do that anymore? Probably less. Probably (laughs) less than I wanted to. What that ended up being was it always made me think, does he actually like me anymore? And do I actually like him more than he likes me? Mm. And I think that's really common in early relationships as well. Like, Mm. a lot of people will face this fact of thinking, do I like this other person more than they like me? And that causes fights. Mm. Well, to defend myself and the other people who experience this, you're not really pulling away. You just, I guess in the first year or first couple of months of that relationship, you're sort of in that magic land where nothing else matters except for pursuing this girl. And then once, you're, once you've settled down in the relationship, you sort of return back to this sustainable level of seeing each other and hanging out. That's the level that you're meant to be comfortable with. I don't know, because this is what the girl thinks. Well, this like, is what you think. Yeah, this is what I think early on in the relationship. It feels like, this guy spent all this time to chase me and now we're dating. Mm. And so it's, I, I just want to be with him all the time. 
if he tells me like, oh, I need space from you, it makes you think, oh, am I not good enough? Have I done something wrong? Or does he not like me anymore? Which is why he doesn't want to spend that much time with me. Because every time I'm spending time with him, I feel happy. And I don't know why like they wouldn't want to do that more if it's creating happiness. Looking back, it's also not super sustainable. I think it's not very healthy. It's, it's like indulging in something. When you have too much of a good thing, that's not healthy either. Just like when you have junk food and you want to eat chocolate and it makes you happy. But if you eat too much chocolate, then you're starving yourself of like other nutrients mm. in other parts of your life. So from a more mature perspective, I do agree that there needs to be a level of sustainability, but it's really hard to feel like that in the beginning when you're getting to know the other person and you're just starting to experience it all. Mm. I think that's a good point that you made. At the start, I think you want to indulge and then you sort of forgo a lot of the stuff, especially when you're young adults, like you, you sort of need to do to sort of develop yourself. And I think that's why maybe a lot of young adults don't really want to go into a relationship because they feel like they probably can't balance. Do you remember any experiences where it did actually come up though that we felt like we weren't spending enough time together? Probably not, an, <laughs> not any times that I thought we weren't spending too much, like enough time. Back in the day, I don't think I had a time where I was like, damn, I really miss Rachel or I haven't seen Rachel in a while because we'd be seeing each other quite often. Yeah, I think it was more like not that we didn't spend time together. We spent a lot of time together. For example, I would see him and then be like, oh, am I seeing you tomorrow? And he would say, tomorrow? We've already seen each other three times Mm, this week. Isn't that enough? And I would get upset because it felt like you didn't want to see me. But yeah. I think back then it was it, it it's quite an effort to see each other because well I didn't have a car that often or like I didn't have my license I think so if we wanted to see each other it'd be I had to take the train to yours or take the train out to the city sometimes in the on the weekends or like on your free day when you don't have work um you just want to be at home we lived really far apart from each other yeah. as well where it took forty minutes to get to each other's houses yeah driving and- that is yeah. You didn't have access to your own car. So sometimes we would go on a date and then he would take the train with me back to my house at night and then he would take the train again back to his house. So it was just probably long journeys. But I used to say, if you think of the future and we're living together, we're seeing each other every single day. So don't you need to get used to the fact that we're going to be seeing each other every day rather than needing days of break to have space between your relationship Uh, i don't know like in my head at that time it made sense that hey like if we're married and we have a family together we should be comfortable with spending five or seven days together but i think now that we've matured in the relationship it's it's more spending quality time together uh, and then also having your own lives even though we do live in the same house and now we we find a lot better for the relationship is that when we actively go out on dates and or we have like time where we spend time together, watch the footy together, have dinner together with no phones. Well, that's what we're trying to do now. It's definitely a lot more beneficial to the relationship. And then we also get time for ourselves where if I want to play games or I just want to bum around, I'm still able to do that. I think having the same interests help. So yep. something that we both really enjoy is playing Oztag. And actually when we were in uni, I think Lucas got me into it because he started playing Oztag with his friend's team at uni and then I decided to play as well so I could spend more time with them. Uh, That just got me into really enjoying Oztag. Mm. And so 
that's a really good way that we've been able to grow our relationship as well and Mm. share some really core experiences. But do you think it's important for a couple to always have the same interests? I think you probably do have to have something in common. It's good to have something in common so that you can spend time with each other and, and grow in the relationship and also pursuing your own interests. So it's important, I guess, not to always have like the exact same interests mm. as well because yeah. if you're doing everything together, one thing that we've found is that there's not really that much to talk about mm. when we go out on dates or like at dinner. Yeah. We end up just sitting in silence because <sighs> there's nothing new and we've been present every time we've done some activity where something new happens. So recently, I think our interests have been branching out a little bit and I've been getting into my own things and going and doing my own things. and. Lucas has been spending a lot of time being busy with work and things like that as well. So it's helped us grow our relationship more because we don't have all the same interests. Mm. Actually, I was asked the other day, when we go on dates, what do we actually talk about? And the person who asked me was like, I imagine you both sitting on your phones and not saying anything to each other during dinners. I don't know. Yeah, we don't. We talk about just stupid things. I don't know, like what's going on in the restaurant, what's been happening in our lives, talking about issues. I don't know. Sometimes we'll talk about new ideas, like new business ideas, and then we'll bounce off each other and start to build on those ideas. Yeah. And it's quite fun because I'm a realist and I always call Lucas a dreamer because he jumps really far ahead. Like you think of some small idea. For example, I'll say, oh, a bag company. Mm. And then Lucas will start thinking about oh, and then we can add all these different ranges of products to this company <laughs> and it's going to expand to all of these places and we're going to sell them in like these stores. <laughs> and it just jumps like 10 years ahead into the future. Yeah. And I'm like, hang on, what's our next step for this though? Mm, yeah, I think that's the problem with me. <laughs> I, I dream about it and then I get over it. And then, yeah, I don't actually get to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's good about our personalities because you're the dreamer and I'll be the person that makes it happen. Every dreamer needs someone to execute, but if you're just someone who executes, then you don't have the vision. Yeah. I think it's good to have you there and you should keep dreaming. Something else that's interesting in a relationship is to compare personality types and love languages and mm. what happens when they are compatible and what happens if they aren't. So can you tell everyone what your love languages are? Um, I think it's acts of service plus... Maybe words? Well, probably not, actually. I don't really like that. I don't know. Maybe I don't know, quality time? No, nah, probably not. I don't know. <laughs> I'll just say it's acts of service. 100% acts of service. Mm. Do you know that with love languages that there's one for giving, like how you give love, and then there's one for how you receive love? So do you think it's the same for you for both? Yeah, I think both of mine's acts of service. Mm. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. Lucas is a very giving guy. He will always put other people before himself and he'll always try to do things for other people, especially when we're at home. He takes care of me a lot and small things that I don't notice, to be honest, Mm. like wash the dishes or like clean up and all those sorts of things. But my love language is in terms of receiving, it's probably quality time. And my giving love language is words of affirmation. Because I talk a lot. But you're receiving. No, that's my giving. You're giving? Yeah, I, I give you're giving. words. I think your receiving is also words of affirmation. No, my receiving is quality time. No, I don't think so. It is. Okay. 
Yeah, so I guess our love languages aren't super compatible. So what happens when they aren't? You just keep that in mind that your partner's love language is different to yours. You try to adjust your behavior. Because we probably had this conversation much later on. Do you think it helped a lot when we found out each other's love languages or we actually talked about it? I think it's useful to share it. But say like if you told me when in like the second year of dating, I'd just be like, yeah, okay. I don't know. Maybe it's a maturity thing for me. It's like, yeah, okay, that's your love language, but this is how I know how how to love and I'm just going to keep doing that. (laughs) Whereas nowadays you adjust it more. I think it helped me a lot when we talked about it because I probably got more upset in the early years of our relationship because you didn't say things a lot. Mm. Um, Yeah, maybe my love language receiving is words of affirmation. (laughs) But it's also quality time. That's very important to me as well. But I think it helped a lot because, yeah, I got upset early on because you wouldn't say how much you loved me or those sorts Mm. of things to me. And it made me confused. Since I found out that the way you give love is through acts of service, maybe especially after we moved in with each other, it's easy to notice a lot more. Like those are things I didn't notice before because I thought that love was expressed in certain ways. Mm. And if I had known that sooner, it makes you notice the things that you don't as much. Mm. What have been our biggest fights that you remember? Not many, to be honest. I block out a lot of traumatic experiences. Hmm. I think, yeah, we fought a lot early on about the whole do you actually like me conversation. That stemmed from other situations. I think one of our biggest periods of fighting was when you were in yellow shirts. Hmm. And hmm, that was also just a mix of incompatibility of love language there not knowing how each other loved one another Mm. but also different priorities during that time and me being a bit crazy as well Mm. i guess it wasn't really communicated that like i guess it wasn't what you were expecting and then yeah i guess i didn't communicate what you should have been expecting yeah so for context yellow shirts is a it's like volunteering yeah, it's a volunteering experience. This group basically comes together and they plan all these things preparing for O-Week yeah. to welcome new students into the uni. And it's a super intense experience because you have to do interviews and then they're very strict in terms of attending training sessions. And during the whole O-Week, I think you, do you sleep there? Yeah, you, you stay somewhere. You don't go home. Like, you either stay at an Airbnb close to uni or you stay at uni, but I don't know if that's the same now. Mm. And you also have a camp beforehand as well. Yep. And so Lucas was part of it and I wasn't. Mm. So it definitely felt like time was being taken away from me where you were bonding with this whole other group of people in a totally new experience that I wasn't part of ever. Mm. And it felt very exclusive to me. I was never included in that group because I wasn't allowed to since I wasn't part of yeah. yellow shirts. Mm. It is very, once you get in, it's like, it feels very exclusive, right? Let's say my, all my friends were in yellow shirt and I was the only one not in yellow shirt, then I'd probably feel very lonely that, during that week because a lot of your friends are probably occupied and you want to hang out with them, but you sort of can't because you're not in that yellow shirt, yellow shirts group. Yeah. I understand how you felt. Mm. Maybe it was just different how you perceive the group. Mm. 
But to me, I got the sense that they didn't want you to be friends with anyone outside of that group. Mm. And you weren't allowed to hang out with anyone else. And that just felt really weird to me because you're a group of people that were just pulled together and forced to be friends through spending time with each other. Yeah. And then they were like, you can't hang out with these other people. Yeah, yeah. But I've met a lot of Yellow Shirts people since then who were part of the experience and I've become really good friends with them. Mm. So I know that they're really good people. I don't know, but I still just don't like the idea of it. (laughs) Yeah. I think part of that probably stemmed from insecurity as well early Mm. on in the relationship. Yep. Uh, Which is not entirely a good thing, but I think it's very normal to have in the beginning of a relationship. Yeah, we're still young, so we still have a lot of immaturity. One common thing that people face in relationships, but luckily we didn't have to, Mm. is jealousy of other friends that the partner has. Mm. So, for example, if your boyfriend has a girl best friend or if your girlfriend has a boy best friend, Mm. you kind of have to deal with that jealousy early on and that insecurity of feeling like they've got this other person who is my gender in their life that Mm. is very important to them. How do you deal with that kind of jealousy? I guess I didn't have many chick mates, which was, I guess, good for you, right? But I guess you had a lot of guy mates. I didn't really feel that much jealousy because... You showed your love and it was very reassuring to me that I didn't have to worry about anyone else. I guess I, I at that time, probably really insecure as well. But then because you showed that love so often and so much, I didn't really have to think about it, which is a good thing, right? Mm. I think I was very lucky that you didn't have girl best friends. Yeah. Because I am certain that I would not have dealt with it well. I think now, if I was looking at it, I still probably wouldn't be that happy even though we're already so far along in our relationship. But if it was just a friend rather than a best friend that you had, Mm. maybe I would see it as well as an opportunity to make another new girlfriend because it's hard for me to make those. So I think there's a positive spin to it as well. But I think what's important would be for you to still always show that you prioritize me over her. There wouldn't even be a scenario where I'd hang out with a guy best friend one-on-one that often. You know, like mm. I like hanging out in big groups. And even though I have really good guy best friends, we don't really hang out together one on one. But that's just me. Like I, I like I can hang out with people one on one. It's not like I can't. But there wouldn't be that many situations where I'm hanging out with the, with people one on one, let alone a girl one on one. That makes me sound very sad. <laughs> <laughs> when do you feel like our relationship started to mature and change? There was probably a period where I was like, damn, this is getting pretty serious. Like, oh, this girl is going to be probably my partner for the rest of my life. Mm. Yeah, because I used to ask you a lot, do you think we're going to get married? And Mm. you're more realistic, so you would respond, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But maybe more recently, you've been 95% sure. (laughs) I've sensed that our relationship started to change more recently, probably, when we moved out together. So in Mm. the last few years, I think that moving out together was a big reason for us to mature because beforehand I was probably a lot more insecure about things and that's why I always wanted to spend the time with you. I wanted you to tell me that you loved me and all those Mm. sorts of things because I felt like it was very uncertain still about our future. So I wanted to get more of that certainty. Mm. But moving out together kind of feels like one step towards a commitment where because we were spending more time together, I began to feel more and more secure in the relationship. Yeah. 
I think it's also a result of us being, I guess, more adults now. I think the other serious thing that we did quite recently was buy a house together. Mm. How do you feel after that? Yeah, it was good. Did it make you worried? Because once you take that step, it, it is basically like a very hard commitment to break out of. No, no, not worried at all. I don't think having a house together locks us in, really. But it's good to have somewhere that we can start a family and, um, I don't know, live in. Um, Wait, can I go to the toilet? <laughs> back <laughs> just to do a quick recap of what we talked about so far when it comes to maintaining good balance in a relationship the biggest issue that comes up is usually imbalances in terms of what people are expecting from each other how people are prioritizing things how people express their love and receive it but since we started to figure those things out. We've gotten to the next stage in our relationship where we come across another challenge in terms of maintaining good balance. And I think the other big challenge that comes out of it is when you feel too comfortable in your relationship, which is kind of the pendulum swinging to the other side of feeling like we're almost spending too much time together. Mm. We know each other too well that some of the spark disappears as well. Yeah, I guess there was a little period of time when we first moved out together where I feel like we were just going through the motions. Like we lived together, we had dinner together every night and we'd work from home together, but I didn't feel like we were doing anything that meaningful together. What we did was, I don't know, it sounds very obvious, but we we spent time alone. For Rachel, that would probably be like sewing or making videos. And just for myself, it's just doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Playing games. Yeah, playing games or I don't know, searching the web. I had a time where I, I, I was doing a lot of like online courses, like programming and, but I don't know, like probably just forcing myself to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now we try to do something a bit more special, like go out for dinner and be really present in that moment. But then the rest of the time we can do whatever we want, even at the dinner table, like not using your phone as much or trying not to use your phone. Yeah, that's definitely improved the feeling of being too comfortable. Yeah, I think one of the most important things has been finding our own hobbies, like you said. I used to do everything just with Lucas, and if I wanted to try something new, I would prefer that Lucas come with me rather than I just go out and do it myself. Mm. I do feel like recently I've maybe been forced a little bit to find more hobbies that I can go out and I can bond with other friends on. For example, climbing has been something I've been getting into a lot recently, and Lucas doesn't like climbing very much. So instead, I've been going quite a bit with a friend of mine, Rachel. And it feels really nice because it's something we do every week. And it doesn't feel like a big event that we're planning way ahead of time that we go Mm. to do. It's just kind of like we hit each other up and we go, hey, are you free for climbing this week? When? And we just go and do that together. It's nice because I get to bond with another person. But then I can also come home and tell Lucas about all the mm. climbs and all the different, the hard challenges, like the new colors that I achieved, yep. which gives us something to talk about as well, rather than us spending all of our time together, but not actually talking to each other. Yeah, it's good to see you hanging out with different friends and having experiences of your own and then showing it to me and then. Something that I worried about quite a bit when that initially started happening was because I've always shown my love through 
wanting to spend time with you or doing things together that when I started to go out with other people or find happiness doing my own thing, I worried, does this mean I'm not loving you as much? Mm. Or like, am I, is this the beginning of the end where I, we're starting to distance each other and I don't care as much or I'm not as clingy anymore to you? Mm. Like, I don't need you as much anymore. Is that an issue? I didn't feel like that. I didn't feel like I was being less loved by you, but you might have felt it. At the end of the day, like I get to see what you've you've done, and and it's cool. Maybe we're just learning how to have a more healthy, mature relationship. That's what it actually means. Yeah, finding that equilibrium. Mm. The other thing I think that was important for when you are feeling too comfortable in a relationship is it's really easy when you start living together to be exposed to each other's kind of gross habits as well, or just every single thing about the other person. Mm. I found that it was important to still maintain a little bit of that mystery and not feel like when I'm with you, you are just me. Mm. I got to a point where I felt like I was so comfortable with you that you were just an extension of me. Mm. But I need to remember that you are also a separate human being and that there are certain things that you should just not do in front of other human beings that really you should keep private to only yourself. Mm. Yeah. I think that's like just a matter of being too comfortable like it's fine to to be comfortable i think it's fine but probably lose a little bit of that spark a little bit of attraction (laughs) (laughs) when you're doing too much together yeah one thing i also want to try is someone mentioned to me setting relationship goals as a couple Mm. could be a good way to progress your relationship because i think one of the most important things is to make sure you're still growing together Maybe for us to set goals, like at least once a month we go out on an official like early relationship date. Yeah. But yeah, we should spend some time thinking about what those goals are. Mm. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to talk about was actually more recently with you on work and travel and how we've been coping during all of that. Yep. So do you want to tell them a little bit about your work and what is required of you? Mm. Like I just came back from a two-week overseas, ho- like the holidays, <laughs> two-week overseas tr- uh, work trip. And then I come back for two days and I go go away again for a week and then go away for another week after that. So that's my schedule in the last f- month. Um, so there's a lot of time away from Rachel. And it, it's definitely been hard. Luckily, I haven't been on that receiving end where I'm lonely at home. I definitely understand how it feels in like an empty home by all by yourself. And some people really like it, but... I think for us, it's been pretty difficult. Even though you have mates, you still come back to an empty home and stuff that you do together, like the little things like brushing your teeth together or just being in bed together, not being able to do that when the other person's away is quite lonely. So that's pretty tough. And I was still trying to figure out what to do and how to cope with it. We used to like a Facebook call like every day, but we found that calling every day didn't really help that feeling of loneliness and it just felt like more of a burden and i guess now what what's helped is calling maybe once every three days but i don't know what can we do better hmm. i don't know it's hard i said to you before like i don't think it's very sustainable forever because hmm. i did the calculations and i think in the next 70 days we actually see each other less than 20 days of those hmm. so it's a lot of time spent apart Yeah, it's really hard. And I know it's hard for you as well because you're in a foreign country, you're traveling for work, you're working really hard and you're not seeing your friends. Yeah. And then on my side, 
I just, yeah, I feel like I'm living just alone. I'm in a relationship, but it doesn't really feel like I'm in a relationship a lot. Mm. So it's pretty tough. I don't, I don't know what we can do better still. Let us know in the comments. Yeah, <laughs> let us know. The hobbies have helped. I talk about it a lot in my uh, Alone But Not Lonely episode. But the other thing that I've been trying to do is book holidays when you are going away as well. Yeah. So that I can just go out and be distracted and experience things. Mm. And I, I don't think you going to do your own trips is a bad, like, it's not solely just to be distracted. I think it's good for your own self. But is there anything that would help you feel less alone or like, yeah, when mm. you're traveling? Yeah, I don't know. I really enjoy spending time with friends and being in a routine. There's not much you can do about it. I think this is what we try to do at the start of the year is come up with a goal where we be more active with spending time with your friends. Like setting up a date, you set up a, a friend date. <laughs> I haven't seen you set up any friend dates. Yeah, yeah, that hasn't worked out. Um, Maybe one other thing that may help is just knowing the plan for the future. Knowing when all the travel might end or if it will continue and all those sorts of things. Yeah, or or get to a sustainable level. Yeah. So, what's something that you've learned from our relationship about love? About love or trying to figure out what love is, you know? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. I guess understanding that everyone's love is sort of different and they show that differently. The only way to to tell someone how you want to be loved is to communicate and not think that they can read your mind. Well, lo- what I've learned about love and relationship is that it's it's very important to think about stuff from their point of view. There was a lot of time in our relationship where I just didn't understand. I didn't understand why you were feeling that way or I didn't understand. Yeah, I didn't understand how you felt. Now, I think I've learned to sort of think about stuff from your perspective. And try to actually try to think about stuff from your perspective instead of, oh, yeah, like, I guess it's pretty lonely, you know? Nice. I think one of the recent things I've learnt was from a fight that we had maybe a few weeks ago. I don't know if you remember this fight at Oztag. Oh, yeah? I've learned that it's extremely important to just always support your partner in the relationship because what's the point of putting them down? Like, Mm. what's the outcome that you expect from it? If you want them to change, then tell them to change rather than insulting them. Mm. And in most cases, the only way your relationship grows nicely is by continuing to give them support and encouragement rather than breaking them down. Yeah. Yeah. We, a, few, a few weeks ago in TAG, I was frustrated. I said a comment to Lucas on the field when we were both playing on a team together mm. and he got extremely angry at me Mm, and i don't get angry that often so yeah i felt bad straight away and then i also reflected on why i said that comment and it didn't even feel like i had personally targeted at him i think i just said it out of frustration but it was a good reminder that no matter what in circumstances like there's no need to say things to anyone yeah even yeah wow lessons (laughs) what do you hope from our relationship in the coming years in the coming years, move into a place, our own place, get another house, maybe start a family, get married. I don't know. I hope we just stay together. Sure. No yeah. matter what happens, as long as we're together and we're happy together. Mm. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks to everyone for listening. 
Remember to tune in every Wednesday for the sugar, the spice, and everything that's nice in life with the Bliss Bakery. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.